everybody, thank you for tuning in to Coastal Voices. On today's show, I'll be speaking with members of the Standing Nation Drum Group about the upcoming powwow and the announcement of the Enbridge decision from the Harper government and much more. Please stay tuned to CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. everybody welcome to coastal voices um this week's episode of coastal voices i will be highlighting indigenous issues all over turtle island predominantly in bc and for today's show for today's show i've been lucky enough to invite a couple of members of the standing nation drum group to join me in conversations about the upcoming standing nation drum summer solstice powwow and the role they have as drummers in this community. Today I'm with Sean McKay and David Matoku, and I'd like to thank you both so much for being with me today. Um, Sean and David are drummers for the Standing Nation drum group that operates out of the First People's House at UVic. And to start things off, I was wondering if you both could tell me a little bit about the history of the Standing Nation drum group. Hello, my name is Sean McKay. I am from Norris Green Nation. Um, the drum group I came to, I've been drumming for two and a half years now. And um, I, the drum group was started by Rob Spade, mm-hmm. who's our drum teacher and drum keeper. Uh, he's, he moved back to um, Ontario with his partner, Celeste. Uh, she was here in. At doing her PhD mm. at the uh, university, uh, UVic. So that's I came across them when they were at a uh, Enbridge rally, mm-hmm. and they were drumming there. And uh, it was uh, an open drum, a teaching drum, and I started coming to the First People's House to uh, learn from them mm-hmm. the songs. And it was Anishinaabe drum and Anishinaabe songs. So I've been drumming since then. That was two and a half years ago. Cool. And David, how about you? Um, I've been drumming for two years, just a bit longer than Sean has, Mm -hmm. and I came to the drum in the same manner that he did. Mm -hmm. I had just arrived from Kenya, Mm -hmm. and I used to hang around the First People's House, and I did not really know too many people, and this was one place where I was welcomed, Mm -hmm. and I felt comfortable being around, and I've been there ever since. That's awesome. Really good to hear. Um, can we talk a little bit about the powwow this Saturday and how that looks for you, like as a drumming group, and how you're facilitating that? Um, the powwow is on Saturday, June twenty first. Starts at noon. Grand entry is at noon, mm-hmm. and it runs till ten. But we stop for a um, 
a dinner break cool. at, at 5 p.m. and we then we feast. We have a community feast and it's um, it's being done by some of the members from the the workout of the First People's House. Cool. I think Deb George is helping us mm-hmm. with uh, some of the food. Big up Deb. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, it's um, yeah that'll be f- food for the community and uh, yeah so that's that'll be during the dinner break. That's and awesome. Be, uh, the Unity drummers will be there for that particular portion too to mm-hmm. drum during that session. How many different drumming groups will be there? Uh, right now we have a count of four drum groups so far. There's wow. Standing Nation. Red Sky, I believe, Winter Breeze, and Warhawk. Cool. Um, what is the protocol for Standing Nation Drum? Is there like cultural protocol there, or is it an open group for everybody? Uh, the Standing Nation Drum is an open. It's an open drum, so mm-hmm. it's open for everyone to attend. We're at, we uh, meet at the First People's House every Thursday at six, and all people are welcome. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, and how often do you guys drum together, like as a group? How many like events do you do? Um, we've been doing about what two events a month. Um, yes, it depends on what event comes yeah. up and mm-hmm. the invitations we get. But mm-hmm. on a regular basis, we drum every Thursday mm-hmm. from six to eight. Cool, yeah. that's awesome. So, if someone is interested in like drumming with you guys, how would they get involved? They just show up. <laughs> just show up. <laughs> just show up. <laughs> Doors are always open. It's a uh, it's a welcome. That's you know, cool. Um, right now, how many people are drumming with the drum in the group? Um, we're usually around eight to twelve people. And that, yeah. that fluctuates throughout the year as yeah, people like, come and go. Yeah, the cool. the summer it, it because people go home, people travel. Mm-hmm. Usually, we're around eight eight or ten. Mm-hmm. But during the s- September, like they've, there's there's been twenty people around the drums sometimes wow. during the school season. <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's just one drum. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, and it's big, but not twenty people big. <laughs> um, so they can find you at the Standing Nation or at the First People's House every Thursday, uh, six p.m. Yes. All right, and you guys are going to be at the powwow. Standing Nation Drum Pow Wow. It's a summer solstice celebration this Saturday, June 21st from 12 to 10 p.m. at the Songhees Wellness Center at 1100 Admirals Road in Victoria. And there's going to be dancers and artists selling their work, and admission is by donation. Everyone is welcome. Admission is uh, actually free. Admission it's, is it's free. free. There's no, no there's, donation. There's no donation. Just okay. show up and have a good time. Okay, awesome. That's that's good to uh, note that. And uh, please be aware that it is a sober event, so don't bring any of that around there. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for talking to me today, you guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks. That is uh, David and Sean from the Standing Nation Drum Group. We're going to get into some music from ATRC. This is Electric powwow Drum. Hello, everybody. That was ATRC with Electric Powwow Drum. And once again, we had Sean and David from the Standing Nation Drum Group talking a little bit about the powwow that's coming up this Saturday, June 21st, for National Aboriginal Day and a Summer Solstice Celebration. It's at the Songhees Wellness Center on 1100 Esquimalt Road. Am I getting that right? Um... Yeah. 
It's uh, 1100 Admirals Road, sorry, in Victoria. Grand entry is at noon, dinner is at 5, and second grand entry is at 7 p.m. Dancers, artists, uh, all kinds of stuff happening, and it's all free. So definitely come to that and check it out. And uh, But yeah, it's free admission, but bring some cash for the vendors because there's really interesting crafts and stuff happening there. And uh, growing up, I would always go to powwows and my parents would give me a little bit of catch cash little scratch to um, buy cool little crafties and stuff like that so it's definitely a good idea to bring a little bit of cash for that if you're interested in that there will be dinner and um, feasty feast happening um, in other news I was lucky enough to speak to Erin Consmo again you might remember Erin she works for the Native Youth Sexual Health Network she was awesome such a wonderful person to get in contact with and another thing she's doing is working with Walking With Their Sisters, which is an amazing art project that's happening uh, across Canada right now. And I was able to catch up with her last week and speak a little bit about her work uh pertaining to that because I know she has uh, many different irons in the fire and she's working with Native Youth Sexual Health Network and a well-known Indigenous activist across Canada but she is also working on this amazing art project with uh, all these men and women across Canada and uh, this is our little chat. Kante, uh, my name is Erin Consmo, and I'm the youth coordinator and one of the media contacts on the National Collective for Walking With Our Sisters. Thanks, Erin. Um, could you speak a little bit about what Walking With Our Sisters is for people who don't know? Sure. So Walking With Our Sisters is a commemorative art installation uh, that's been put together to honor the lives of missing and murdered Indigenous women across North America. Uh, and Walking With Our Sisters is a tour of art that's uh, taking place over nine years. And it's stopping along uh, several different communities, uh, over 30 now, um, where the installation is set up for... Um, approximately two weeks, uh, where community comes together through ceremony and through community conversations to be able to raise awareness around the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women and to also just be able to do healing around, um, you know, the, the, the larger effects of having this violence be ongoing in our communities. Hmm. And I think that uh, that's something that really makes this project unique as well as um, you know, we have a space and place for protests and rallies and the awareness that we do on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of this issue, but uh, it's really been important for this project to have a ceremonial element to it and um, finding a way for seeking justice through, through ceremony and through um, rebuilding that as a center to our communities as well. So the installation itself is composed of what are called moccasin tops or vamps or uppers and so we have over 1700 vamps that have been created by indigenous and non-indigenous peoples that represent the lives of uh, the unfinished lives of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls mm -hmm. and each of these moccasin tops or vamps you know are are really a, a beautiful example of um, you know, just how unique our cultures and our traditions are as Indigenous peoples. And so, you know, 
some of them are made out of birch bark. Some of them have porcupine quills on them. Uh, some of them are made out of seal, seal fur as well. Oh. So there's really a huge range of artistic um, kind of integrity that's put in there from different cultures from across Turtle Island, as well as internationally that have been contributed. Um, and those moccasin tops were created, you know, in many cases through feeding groups that were locally organized by communities that were um, passionate about this issue and heard about it and, you know, organized their their own kind of community groups to come together through this. Where did the Walking With Our Sisters start uh, and when did it start? Yeah, so Walking With Our Sisters uh, was an idea that came from Métis artist Christy Belcourt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so she had a vision and also um, a concern about the, you know, the continuing issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women and wanted a way to... um, build and bring together community around the issue. Uh, And so she put out a call in June of 2012, um, basically through social media, using social media as a way to raise awareness around this issue. Um, A call, a general call was put out for people to contribute moccasin tops. Uh, And by um, July of 2013, um, over 1,600 vamps had been received. And so an overwhelming response to... uh, to this issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women. Uh, And since then, it's only really grown in size and in capacity, and I think also in the ways that it's seeking justice for, um, you know, the spirits of of missing and murdered Indigenous women, but also for um, the people that are still living as well. I think it's doing a great justice in, in bringing together communities that are still here and, um, resisting, you know, all forms of colonial gender-based violence. Mm. And so it's been to five communities so far. The first community was in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and it's going to, the next community it's going to is Flin So it's going to be installed in Flin Flon uh, in July or in June. And then it's traveling to the Paw, Manitoba. Um, and so it's, 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 been on the road for a while now and it's amazing to see and feel what it's already done so far to bring people together and mobilize around an issue that's you know affecting I think all indigenous communities across North America at this point. Certainly. Um, So how can we find out more about walking with our sisters if somebody wanted to get involved? Yeah it's a great question. So uh, if you want to learn more about Walking With Our Sisters, there's the Walking With Our Sisters website, which is uh, walkingwithoursisters.ca. Uh, there's also a general Facebook group. It's not a Facebook page. It's a Facebook group uh, called Walking With Our Sisters, and you can request to join that group. There's over 14,000 people in that Facebook group now that wow. um, contribute to um, the ideas and the the spirit behind the project, um, especially since not everybody's able to make it out to a community where the installation is. Mm -hmm. That social media presence is really important for us to um, allow everybody an opportunity to see and participate in the ceremony. You can also follow us on Twitter at WWOS1. Uh, So once again, those Facebook uh, Facebook pages, Walking With Our 
sisters, uh, and then the Twitter is at WWOS1. And can I ask how you happened to get involved with this? Was this something that uh, you were at from the beginning, or was it something uh, you got involved with along the way? Sure. So my participation with Walking With Our Sisters uh, started off like a lot of people who are involved in this project. So I contributed as uh, an Indigenous artist uh, with a pair of vamps to recognize and honor um, missing and murdered Indigenous youth and Two-Spirit youth. So I uh, submitted a pair of vamps kind of in that, with, with that in mind, thinking about the young people that have been lost uh, to this issue and also the Two-Spirit youth that have been lost to gender-based violence. Uh, and then I participated as a volunteer in Edmonton at the first installation, and it was clear to me, you know, after that, that it was really important for me to um, help and sustain some of the youth engagement and leadership that's happening through this project, um, to, and to also uh, just support, you know, as a volunteer, as somebody that just is connected and feels um, like we should all be doing something about this issue to stay on as a as a community support, as a youth support, and, you know, to also work around some of the, the issues that um, I think are kind of cross-connected to the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women. So, um, you know, the gender-based violence against Two-Spirit youth, against um, Indigenous peoples in the sex trade, um, and just bringing to light some of those connected um, pieces there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and just as a young person, knowing that this project is also intimately connected to revitalizing and reclaiming uh, ceremony as a form of justice, mm-hmm. um, it was important for me as a young person to stay involved uh, because it's a way of uh, learning protocol. It's a way of learning about how ceremony can um, build space and resist against the state. And uh, I think that that's something that all Indigenous youth and, and also non-Indigenous youth are um, passionate in learning about is is rebuilding and reclaiming culture and protocol and ceremony. Uh, so since since I contributed VAMPS, it's, it's been something that just made sense for me to stay on board with and support as it travels for the next nine years. Wow, I had no idea it was traveling for nine years. Um, yeah. Do you know where the idea came from traveling for this project for so long, or is that something that's kind of always been in mind, or was it uh, kind of a new idea? Sure. So there, there's a there's a lot of thought and intent behind. Um, so the way that the lodge is set up, um, the way that the decisions are made for ceremony or for how long the project is on the road. A lot of that's informed uh, by our lead elder on the collective, so Maria Campbell, who's been advising us in terms of the ceremony and how to do this work in a good way. Um, And one of those teachings is, many of the teachings are based off of Maria Campbell's own lodge. And one of those teachings is... um, was to have it um, for at least seven years on the road based off of like seven different parts to the lodge. Uh, And so we've we've been following that as a model, as um, reflecting Maria's Lodge as 
um, the lodge for walking with our sisters and having that strength inform the lodge of walking with our sisters as well. Um, and so it's it'll be traveling for uh, based off of those those years of the lodge, um, and then ending its trip in Batash in 2019, um, where it'll then rest after that. And you know we've we've had discussions about. Um, just how intense it is to carry a bundle for that long. And I think that, um, you know, after that time, it will be important for community, um, like community always does, to find a new way to, to pick up the bundle and to do the work to address um, what's happening to Indigenous women in our communities. And, um, you know, I think that this is just one of many ways our community is taking care of the issue because, uh, as we know, um, you know, Indigenous women and communities have been organizing in the downtown east side for over 25 plus years, and um, this is just one small part to to continuing to raise that awareness. Um, and in, in I think in the case of walking with our sisters, to add a lot of healing uh, and ceremony to what we're doing. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's. Interesting. I was just having a meeting with someone and uh, she's doing a project with Indigenous women that I was involved with or am involved with. And uh, there was a lot of parallels between this project and that project. I thought it was very interesting that I would be talking to you after having this meeting about this uh, project that's based also based around Indigenous women and, and working with them. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of... Uh, potential to to strengthen existing local initiatives too with this project mm-hmm. but and and that we're like walking with our sisters is picking a lot up from the community capacity that already exists in communities when it travels because mm-hmm. uh, each community is unique in what they're doing around their issues with indigenous women um, and around gender-based violence more broadly mm-hmm. um, so there's there's things that are added to the bundle in every single community. There's strengths and skills and strategies that are added. Um, you know, one of one, a, a great example of how that's grown um, and what the bundles learn from other communities is that, uh, so, you know, in Winnipeg, they were suggesting that um, something needed to be said about the violence that Indigenous men are facing, mm-hmm. um, that the they saw that that was something that was missing in the Walking With Our Sisters bundle or that needed to be strengthened. Mm. And then in Sault Ste. Marie, they decided to have uh, a sacred fire that was held open for the whole time that the exhibit was there and that was uh, tended to by Indigenous men and non-Indigenous men in the community. Mm-hmm. And so the bundle itself and the project itself is definitely very much informed by local initiatives and um i think the strength of it kind of grows as it grows and moves and becomes what it needs to be based on the communities in which it visits and Mm -hmm. that's been something that's been really amazing to see so far as it's traveled and it's only made it to five communities so far so what communities are those so the communities it's been to so far are edmonton uh regina um, Perry Sound, Sault Ste. Marie, and it's now in Flin Flon. Hmm. Uh, any chance of it, seeing it on the West Coast anytime soon? Yeah, absolutely. So we are working with 
uh, communities in Vancouver, nice. um, Victoria Island, and possibly somewhere near Prince George as well. Oh, fantastic. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to uh, to see this amazing creation and creations. Thank you so much for talking mm-hmm. to me again. It's been great to keep in touch with you and see what other uh, amazing projects you're engaging in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Hello, everybody. You're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Victoria. Also stream online at cfuv.uvic.ca. I am Sasha and I'm the host of Coastal Voices. Once again, that was Erin Consmel from the Miss Arab Walking with Our Sisters art uh, kind of campaign uh, to honor missing and murdered Indigenous women. I hope you enjoyed that. Erin's always such a wonderful person to speak to. I'm going to get into a little bit of weather. Um, <clears throat> Up next, also, I'm going to get into some news, and I know you're all excited about that because there's so much going on in Indigenous news right now. But right before that, we have some special announcements to get into. In news today, I'm sure most of you are uh, well aware by now about the Northern Gateway uh, decisions uh, that the federal government has made to proceed with the Northern Gateway project. Um, The $7.9 billion project has proposed to build two pipelines that would stretch 1,117 kilometers from Bruderheim to Kitimat. Um, And one of the pipelines would carry roughly 525,000 barrels of petroleum west to Kitimat, which would allow oil producers in Canada to reach the markets in Asia. Uh, First Nations communities across Canada are gathering together with, with allies in an effort to stop this proposed pipeline. Yesterday, rallies took place across Canada with First Nations and non-Indigenous folks uh, standing together to say no to the proposed pipelines across North America. The Unistotin camp in Wet'suwet'en territory is unceded territory and that belongs that belongs to and has long been cared for and honoured by the Wet'suwet'en people. Uh, unceded means, if you weren't sure, that the Indigenous people that live on this land have never signed a treaty with the Canadian government, meaning their land is not Crown land and belongs solely to them. The Unistotin camp is positioned where the proposed pipelines would need to build. Uh... And the camp is being in this place will hopefully prevent the building or at least postpone it until another decision is reached. Uh, the Unistotten camp uh, promises to stop all pipelines by any means necessary in solidarity with nations opposing pipelines across Canada. Today I speak to, spoke to Frida Hewson on behalf of the Unistotten camp. different decisions than what they've always been doing. Uh, moving forward, what is the plan for the Unistotten camp? Um, in term- um, our ultimate goal was to occupy our lands, and it's exactly what we're doing, and we're going to continue to occupy and continue to develop our lands because it's our lands. We've never given it up. Never ceded or surrendered. There's no treaty signed, so we decided we don't want no treaty, and we're going to just start utilizing our lands ourselves. 
What can Indigenous and non-Indigenous British Columbians do to support the Unistat camp and the Wet'suwet'en people? Pretty much just educate yourself. Come and see the location of our cabin mm-hmm. for yourself to see exactly what it is we're protecting. It's a pristine area, and it's actually a river that we still drink out of. So one of the only rivers that you can still drink out of. Wow. Um, Wet'suwet'en territory. Wow. Thank you so much for uh, all your all your hard work, and I really appreciate you speaking to me today. Once again, that was once again that was Frida Husen from the Wet'suwet'en people and the Unistaten camp. If you'd like to learn more about the Unistaten camp, you can find them online at www.unistatencamp.com to find out how you can support them. And they are currently inviting people uh, to the Unistaten camp for July 6th to 20th. To find out more about this, you can go to their webpage, which I will also link on, on my page, um, www.facebook.com forward slash coastal voices. On Wednesday, the United States Patent and Trademarks Office cancelled six federal trademarks, registrations for the Washington Redskins, and has thusly referred to the uh, football team's names as disparaging to Native Americans. As a result of this action, the term cannot be trademarked under federal law that bans it, the use of it as offensive language. The team owner has been quoted in the past saying that he would not change the name, even writing a formal letter to Senator Harry Reid, who said the name was indeed offensive, offensive and shouldn't be used. In the letter, Bruce Allen gives two pages of reasoning why the name is not racist, all the while stating that it is honoring Native Americans. There have been numerous campaigns popping up all over the web stating indigenous people in North America do in fact find the term incredibly diminishing and racist, and citing that it contributes to the ongoing racialization of indigenous people in North America. With the name legally declared disparaging, we're looking forward to a change in the near future. The very near future, hopefully. Uh, a wall skenis uh, too is the journey for truth and unity. The Facebook group uh, for this march from Vancouver to Par- Parliament Hill in Ottawa is stating that urgent action is needed. They are looking for communities across Canada to support these people on their journey. They ask that when they travel to, through your territory, uh, you reach out to them so that they can make arrangements with your knowledge keepers, elders, and spokespeople in your territories. The march begins July 2nd. You can find out more info on Facebook.com, A-W-A-L-A-S-K-E-N-I-S-2. The Journey for Truth and Unity is the page, and I'm sure if you just Google that, you can find it. I'll also link it on my Facebook page. I'm going to get into some music from Tanya Tagak. Uh, This is from Animism. Thank you for uh, listening to Coastal Voices on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Once again, that was Tanya Tagak from her album Animism on Six Shooter Records. And that was Yuming Muck. Uh, up next, Steph 
Cameron, uh, a featured artist at CBC right now. Um, one of my pals, she's playing some really good folk stuff right now, and I wanted to get it out there because she's a wonderful Canadian artist. And I think you'll enjoy this. This is Blues at My Window by Steph Cameron. Once again, that was Steph Cameron. You can find out what uh, she's up to. Um, I found her on CBC Music under artist Steph Cameron. She is my friend, and they just put her up today. She's recording through uh, Pheromone Records in Toronto, and this album is called Sad and Lonesome Lady, if you're looking for it. It's amazing. Such a good, good listen. Um... Once again, I'm going to mention the powwow because it's coming right up, and uh, so are the tribal journeys. The tribal journeys are coming up on June 23rd, at, uh, and you can greet the folks on their long journey at the Songhees and Nisquamalt Territories. Um, for more info, you can look into the Facebook uh, page that I have, Coastal Voices. I will be listing all these events and things there so you can have um, a good look at it because if I were just to list off all the links, that would get really boring and confusing. Um, and so there's a lot of dates. There's one in East Saanich. I believe they're coming to Duncan and and, and then the Esquimalt Songhees one. And that's something really awesome to witness. I've only been to one when I was very young, but uh, I will definitely be going. That's June 23rd in Esquimalt territory. Uh, and once again, the Standing Nation drum summer solstice powwow is taking place this Saturday, June 21st, noon till 10 p.m. at the Sanghees Wellness Center on 1100 uh, Admirals Road. Um, June 21st is National Aboriginal Day, so be sure to tune into CFUV if you can, uh, not make it to the powwow. You definitely can get in some good Aboriginal programming and a special broadcast of the Red Jam Slam that took place, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago now. And you can also look into National Aboriginal Day events happening in your own communities online. Um, there is three days of Aboriginal cultural events uh, tomorrow, I guess, tomorrow, yeah, Thursday, June 19th from 11 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Um, they're at Thunderbird Park Totem Pole Walk. Um, that starts at 11 to 11.30, and then there will be dancing and singing. I'm just looking at a list here, and there's all these dancers from Kwakwakiwak Nation, Squamish Nation, Lilwat Nation, and um, Esquimalt Nation. That's the Thunderbird Park um, at uh, the Big House, too. And then on Friday, June 20th, that's the following day from 11 to 8 p.m., again at Thunderbird Park Potem, uh, Totem Pole, sorry, um, there will be dancers from the Gitzhetsk uh, dancers. There's Simshan, Niska, Gitzkan, uh, Haida, and Klinket and Haisla, and um, that's awesome. That sounds amazing. That's this Friday. I'll definitely be hitting that up. That is my day off. I'm going to check it out. There is Lou Riel dancers uh, from the Métis Nation, Alex Wells hoop dancer from Lilwat Nation, uh, Zinqua Nation dancers from the Cowichan tribe, uh, Lilala dancers from the Kwakwakiwak Nation, and that's all day on Friday from 11 a.m. Um, 
And you can find all these events on aboriginalbc.com forward slash events. And, and then it will just have it all right there. It's such a handy thing. And it has um, the Inner Harbor and Royal BC Museum Campus as you know, the kind of place it is, and it's totally free event, and uh, you're more than welcome to join. This is for all people, not just Indigenous people. I'd like to mention that also for the powwow. Uh, I was inviting some of my non-Indigenous friends, and they're like, well, can I come? I'm like, yeah, everyone's welcome. You know, you don't have to be Indigenous to be able to come and enjoy and honor this culture. Everyone is welcome, and it is free, uh, all these events. And then Saturday... Uh, if you don't make it to the other events, they have the same things going on, uh, again, uh, at the same place from 11 to 8 p.m. And that's celebrating, uh, Aboriginal culture at the Royal BC Museum. To find out more, go to aboriginalbc.com. It's in part of Aboriginal Tourism BC. Um, up next, I'm going to get into some music and then we have, uh, Straight No Chaser coming up and we all love them. So that'll be great. Uh, I think I'm going to play some more Tanya Tagak. This song is called Fracking or Fracker? Fracking. Fracking. And I thought it was really appropriate for today. Uh, and yeah, I think you might like it. I don't know. Do you? Tiny Dugak's awesome. Uh, and this is called Fracking. It's from Animism. 